Reforming society, repairing your mentality, restoring your life. This is The Revolutionized Mind. Hey everybody, I'm in a great mood and that might be because I decided that I deserve Starbucks yet again this week and spent $7 on a latte, which I don't regret because I think I genuinely needed it today. But anyway, moral of the story is that's why I'm in a good mood and smiling right now. But I did have like a bit of a moment this morning that I wanted to share on the podcast because I think it can be helpful for other people. And I'm not sure if anybody else is like this, but the reason why I always have so much on my plate and I commit to so many things is because I hate not having anything to do. One, because I don't like being alone with my own thoughts because they're hectic and overwhelming. But two, because I find that I fall back into some really bad like old patterns if I don't have anything to do, if there's no real reason or purpose for me to actually get out of bed and do anything really. So on days where I don't have work or I don't have any meetings or anything, don't have anybody relying on me to actually get out of bed and do anything, I will not get out of bed. And this has been the case for quite some time now. Um, And yes, some days I definitely do need the rest and I'll acknowledge and accept that. But other days... It does more negative than positive, and I know that, but I struggle to actually get myself up. And I'm telling this story today as well because I think it kind of relates to the topic that we get into in today's episode with my guest, Abby. But to the actual point of what I'm rambling about, um, basically I was in bed today. Today's a Thursday. I don't have work this week. All I had to do today was edit and record this episode to release tomorrow. And I knew I had all day. I got up, it was about 9.30. I grabbed my phone, started scrolling TikTok for too long. I'm not going to say how long. Um, But then I got up (laughs) around 11-ish. I guess I just called myself out. That's how long I was scrolling TikTok. Got up around 11, went pee. And I only got up because I needed to use the bathroom or else I would have stayed in bed. Um, And... As I was like walking back to my room, I kind of started thinking to myself, I was like, okay, this, because I'm a loser, this is how my brain thinks, I was like, this could be the TSN turning point of the day. My brain, all I wanted to do is I wanted to get back in bed and just continue scrolling TikTok or just lie in bed and not do anything. My dog was also in my bed all cuddled up and that's all I wanted to do. But I said to myself that if I get back in bed right now, like that's going to impact the rest of my day in a negative way because one I'm gonna not get anything done I'm gonna be all groggy and grumpy and it's just not gonna end well for anybody um but two I said I have the other option of me starting my day now which I mean I should have a few hours earlier but I said I'm up now if I get in bed this is gonna be the outcome if I get changed wash my face get ready for the day this is gonna be a complete different outcome And I think for me, that just kind of highlighted like the autonomy that we have over our own decision making and what we do. And for somebody who does deal with mental illness and has that background, I often struggle with the whole idea behind like control and decision making because I'm not always in full control of my thoughts and feelings. So that's why I think in that moment, it made such a big impact on me today. And I think just the way I phrased it, like this might not work for you, but I was like, oh my God, this is going to be the turning point of my day. Like this one small decision is going to impact how the rest of my day goes, even how tomorrow goes, because 
if I didn't get this episode done today, then I would have been waking up early tomorrow morning to finish it before the release time. So I think it was just a really powerful like shift in my mentality today and made me realize that, you know, all I had to do was take that one first step. And I think the first thing I did was I went to go brush my teeth and then wash my face and then I got changed. And in doing that, I kind of just, sometimes I like to just like put makeup on. I'm not going anywhere, but I like have my hair nice. I put makeup on, I put on a cute outfit. I'm not going anywhere, but it just made me feel better about myself. And so I got up, got ready, ate some food, and then I started working. And then I just kind of decided to get Starbucks for no real reason. I was just like, hey, in order for me to be more productive, I should go get a $7 coffee. So that's exactly what I did. But anyway, whole moral of that story was just to emphasize that we have more control than we think. And if we can actually capitalize on those like small moments of opportunity that we have to set us up for whatever success means to us on that day, and for me it was getting out of bed and getting my work done, then I think it could make a really big difference on like our entire lives. <laughs> so that's my little rant for the day. And now I will introduce Abby, who is amazing. I genuinely, genuinely loved having this conversation. She reminds me so much of me, and I mean, I'm only four or five years older than her, but she's just another great example of somebody in the community who wants to make an impact, who wants to use her story to help other people, and she brings up a lot of great points, both about struggling with mental health and with being a mental health advocate and some of the struggles that come with that, because... You know, you feel like you always have to be on your A-game or that you always have to be, like, mentally healthy, which is complete bullshit. Like, I mean, look at me. <laughs> I'm a prime example of that. Um, and also somebody who can relate to that, too, having this platform. Um, I definitely have my struggles. And as much as I want to be candid about it and real and authentic, it's not always easy. And I think Abby just does a great job of emphasizing that and brings on like another side of compassion towards when you see these people putting themselves out there on the internet or sharing their story trying to help people like it's for a positive reason and I think if you were to just take a second to put yourself in somebody else's shoes and she talks about like the worry of what other people are going to think if she speaks out if she does this if she says that and I think that fear is so common, unfortunately, that a lot of people struggle with, not even just mental health advocates, but just posting on social media, doing anything, um, wanting to be their true selves. Like, we're always so scared of what other people are going to think. And I think she does a great job of just explaining what she's learned throughout her life and giving a few pieces of advice that I think are very, very powerful. So, wow, this was a very long introduction. I'm so sorry, I just kept rambling. But with that being said, I'm going to go... I hope you enjoy this conversation. I really did. And thank you for listening to The Revolutionized Mind. Happy Friday, everybody. So today I'm here with Abby Sawyer, who is the founder and leader of the Movement of Empowerment. So I'm really excited to hear your story today and just have you explain why you started this movement and what it means to you. So would you like to just introduce yourself so we all get to know you a little bit better? Yeah, for sure. So, um... Yeah, like Angelica said, my name is Abby Sawyer. I'm 18 years old, uh, and I just recently graduated from Sir Frederick Banting Secondary School, um, and my plan for September is to go to Western University. Uh, I'm planning on getting my undergrad majoring in French, and my future career plan is to become a uh, kindergarten to grade three French immersion teacher. 
Um, outside of that, I find that I would like to refer to myself as a huge mental health advocate, which is why I'm here today to talk to you guys about mindfulness, wellness, and pretty much that idea of taking your power back and what that means to me. Amazing. Well, that's awesome. I didn't know you were going to Western. That's actually where I went. So I wish you all the best and I hope your four years there go amazing. Thank you so much. <laughs> so starting off today, would you like to just tell us a bit more about your mental health history if you're comfortable doing so? Yeah, for sure. So um, my mental health journey actually started at a fairly young age, um, around nine years old, which was before I even really knew what the term mental health meant. When I was nine, my parents divorced, which was pretty hard on me at such a young age. And shortly after my parents divorced, my stepmom came into the picture with my father, which then led to a lot of verbal abuse happening to me at a very young age. It lasted for about five years. Um, every weekend that I went there, this included, you know, I got kicked out at the ages 11 and 13. Um, I got called horrific names, I was manipulated, and I was basically taken advantage of because I didn't really know my power as, as a kid, right? Because, you know, I was living under the roof of people who were constantly belittling me, so I thought that that was the truth, and I thought, I always questioned, like, am I good enough? Um, am I doing this right? And it was at such a young age, so it was really, really hard for me, and that's pretty much where my mental health journey started um, right up to the middle of grade 11, so from the age of 9 to approximately 16 years old. I constantly had this fear that people were judging my every move. Um, like I said, I was questioning every single action that I made, like, oh, am I good enough for this role? Are people going to judge me if I do this? Because that's how I grew up. So it was super difficult for me. But then, you know, in the middle of grade 11, I kind of, that's when I, it hit me that, like, I realized who I wanted to be and what I wanted in life and constantly fearing that people were going to judge me was not how I wanted to live my life, which is why I decided to, you know, take action and kind of start the idea of this movement of empowerment Instagram page. Yeah, that's incredible. Firstly, thank you for sharing that. I'm sorry that you did have to go through that. And just going through the years and carrying that trauma and that overwhelming anxiety is definitely not easy. So I'm very sorry that you did experience that. But I'm also very happy that you were able to make that decision for yourself and start this amazing movement and just kind of look inwards and know what you wanted out of your life and how you can make this shitty situation into something positive. Yeah, exactly. When did you, did you actually decide to reach out to get help or when did you actually come forward and take that step? Um, well, I feel like I've always been very good at like sharing how I'm feeling, like whether it was with like in therapy, like I've kind of been in and out of therapy, to be honest with you, like I am all for therapy. I think it is super, super beneficial, but in my life specifically, I haven't actually had a set therapist that I have worked with. Um, instead I've became really close with a few teachers actually who have helped me immensely through pretty much any situation you could possibly think of that I went through. And I just feel like I was very open to my teachers, like when I needed a break or when I found that my anxiety was severe, cause I knew that I had anxiety. I kind of had, I just knew about it already. So I was very open, um, cause it started in grade three 
And I think around grade seven or eight is when I was really open about it and said, okay, this is my situation. This is how my life is going. And I started to kind of accept what's going on um, and reach out. I reached out to school counselors as well. Probably around grade seven or eight is when I really started to reach out and realize that I needed help. Yeah, well, even then, that's a young age. And for you to be that self-aware and know what's going on with you is a huge sign and like towards you and who you are as a person. So that's awesome. Did your parents know what was going on at all? Or was it just between you? Well, my my dad wasn't really like I was kind of in and out of the picture with my dad. Like I would go months without seeing him. And then like he didn't really know um, because every time I would try because that was where the verbal abuse was happening. So when I would try to come forward, I've had many meetings with him, like in Tim Hortons, at his house, phone calls, and he never really seemed to get it. It always ended up being my fault. So um, he wasn't really aware as much as I tried to make him aware. But then on the other, my other side of the family, like my mom and my stepdad, they definitely knew what was going on. And uh, they actually tried to get me to go to my dad's house as much as possible because they wanted me to have a relationship with him. But then finally they realized like enough was enough because we've tried so hard to make that relationship happen, but clearly that wasn't working. So then um, from the age, I think around 14 is when I started living with my mom and stepdad 24 seven. So they were definitely aware of my anxiety and what was going on. Okay. Yeah. I just asked that because obviously that social support is a big factor and for you to actually have one outlet is very important. So I'm happy that you had at least one half of your family to rely on and depend on. Sure. Um, so you started the movement of empowerment recently. Was it last year? Uh, it was January of this year. So okay. pretty recently. Yeah. Yeah. So what actually sparked that desire to do that and what are your goals with the platform? Um, okay. So so about two years ago, I had this urge to do something. I wasn't really sure what it was, but I wanted to share my story. I wanted to get it out there, um, but I just wasn't really sure how or like really where to start, to be honest with you. Um, but then all of a sudden, like I started scrolling through Instagram and seeing these like mental health awareness pages and like even just like the mental health hashtags and stuff and seeing like what people were up to. And I was like, I think that I would want to do something like that. But what stopped me was like, I was so scared of judgment still. And I was constantly scared of like the negative comments that could possibly come with me putting myself out there like that. But then finally, in grade 12, um, I was kind of seeking support from a few of my teachers. Actually, I remember I went to this one teacher and I was like, I really want to do this, but I'm scared that I won't have support. And she was like, you know, you have my support, like I'm with you all the way. And then I kind of reached out to a lot of my friends, too, just to see their input. And they actually told me, they were like, you shouldn't need our permission to start it. Like, this is your thing that you should do for you. You shouldn't do this because you got permission. Like, this is something that you should do because you want to do it. And they knew I wanted to. And they are like, if you want to do it and if you're passionate about it, like, there's no harm in going for it. So, and I, I think, like, that really helped me realize that this is what I want and I want my story to be heard, and I want to help people, so, you know, why not go for it? There's no harm in doing that. I realized, you know, if I help one person a day, that's enough for me. Like, I was scared of not having many people follow me, or I was scared of the amount of followers I'd have, but I was like, you know what, as long as I'm helping one person, then that's all that really matters to me, so then that's when I kind of decided, you know, I might as well put myself out there and 
go for it and see what happens and see where it leads me to. Yeah, I think you brought up a lot of great points because especially making that first decision to actually start a platform or start an Instagram page, whatever it is, like you have all of these worries. They are so common. I experienced them as well. But the way that your friends responded, I think just by saying that like you don't need our permission to do this, like if it's something that you're passionate about and it's something that you want to do, then you should be able to just do it without any worries. So that's awesome that they were there to support you and that they gave you that push to actually start it because I think what you're doing is phenomenal and it's going to go a very long way. Thank you. <laughs> um, and so you've mentioned the statement taking your power back a few times. So what does that mean to you? Okay, so I believe that as humans, we are naturally fixated on the aspects of life that we cannot control, such as the reactions and behaviors of others, and also just certain life situations that occur in our lives we just can't control, we have no control over. But I definitely think we forget to acknowledge how much control we truly have of our lives. Like you have control over your actions, the way you react to situations, and who you surround yourself with. You can choose to surround yourself with a group of people that brings you down and belittles you and makes you feel bad about yourself. Or you can surround yourself with people who bring you up and show you the light in life and make you feel good about yourself. You have that power and you have that choice. And you have the choice of being who you want to be. You can either live your life for other people or you can live your life for yourself. But it's really up to you to decide what you want in life and where you want to go. And I think that that's so important to realize because we often think, oh, well, I can't control life. Things just happen to me but you can control how you react to them and what you choose to take on after those experiences occur. Yeah, I think that's a super important perspective to take on because I know I talk about this a lot on this podcast. It's just when mental illness comes into play, the whole concept of control gets a little bit tricky because you don't always have control over your thoughts, feelings, or behaviors. But then again, on the other side of that, there are so many things that we do actually have control over and that we can take our power back and whatever we do have the option to control, like you said, surrounding yourself with a certain group of people or reacting to a situation in one way, then I think those small decisions can go such a long way, whether we see it in that moment or not. Yeah, for sure. And I think like, yeah, like you said, there are so many points where people don't have control um and which I totally understand like I remember when I would deal with severe anxiety and I still deal with anxiety a lot and I sometimes couldn't control how I'm thinking because I was grown up to feel a certain way so it took a lot for me to really have control over my life again and I totally understand that and I think that a lot of the time you know you can't control how you act to certain things you can't control everything in, in life which I totally understand mm -hmm. but then there are definitely those aspects those little things that you can control to make your life a lot better for you so for you personally when did you actually start to I guess realize that you did have control over certain things like was it a certain situation or just did you start making changes in your life that I guess made that process easier for you um I think, like, this past year, actually, like, I, um, you know, I found out that, you know, like, my dad was seeing a new girl, and he was, you know, in 
the lives of her kids, but him and I haven't seen each other in over two years. And when I found that out, I'll admit, like, I was angry. I was upset. There were, there were a lot of tears, a lot of emotions. Um, but as I was, like, finding this out, I let myself have my emotions and I validated them. I told myself, like, okay, you're allowed to be mad. This is a really big situation to deal with. And then I sat down with myself, like, just by myself in my room. And I was like, okay, how long, though, are you going to let this take over your life? And um, I was like, I don't want this to take over my life. I don't want this to take over a week of my life that I'm not going to get back over someone who I don't even have in my life. And so I validated my emotions. I let myself feel my emotions. I let myself cry. I let myself scream. But after a couple hours of me being upset, I realized there's nothing I can do to control someone else's actions. So I might as well just live my life and be happy for me and be happy for as far as I've come without this person in my life because they're hurting me. So I'm not going to want them in my life anyways. And I think that's a very recent example um, of that for sure. That like, I'm shook right now. That is like the most perfect way to respond (laughs) to a horrible situation, in my opinion, because you did take that first step in validating your own emotions. I think that's something that a lot of us get lost in. Um, because when all these overwhelming feelings come in, you like feel kind of shitty about why you're experiencing it and you don't think you deserve it or should be feeling that way. But like you said, like rightfully so, it's an awful situation and you're allowed to feel the way that you feel. So first, like actually acknowledging what's going on in your mind and your body, like that is such a huge step. And I think that's what actually allows you to make those next decisions with, you know, like taking a few hours to actually experience this and then deciding that you're not going to let it take over any more time in your life. And you're just going to actually take that power back and move forward. Because like you said, unfortunately, he's not in your life right now. It's not somebody that you have a good relationship with. So it's not worth all the extra stress that comes with it. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's really important to realize that And again, it took me years to realize this, and a lot of people might not be there yet. But it's so important to realize a bad situation does not always equal a bad life. Um, So many bad situations can occur, and I've experienced a lot of those. But I realize that, like, I look at the people I do have, and I look at the support I do have, and I look at how far I've come through these bad situations, and I think that's what really helps me realize that, okay, a bad situation occurred and it really, really sucks and I'm going to validate my feelings, but then I'm not going to let it take over my whole life because that's not how I want to live my life. Mm -hmm. And honestly, everything you're saying is like so wise. (laughs) And um, another thing I've said before on this podcast is just like when you experience these mental health struggles or mental illness specifically, I think you see things in this new light that I know you and I can both relate to, but it just opens your eyes to a complete different world. And that's like internally and externally. And you making all these realizations and now spreading that message is like truthfully amazing. So everything you're saying right now, I really appreciate and I'm happy to be putting this out on my platform as well. Thank you so much. Um, so you also mentioned like your own personal support. So are there any individuals in your own life or in the media that have inspired you to become this version of yourself? Um, so I know 
many of my peers and friends have struggled with their mental health and they've come forward to me um, on like certain strategies that they could maybe use to uh, feel better about themselves and I'm constantly seeing them try their best every day despite all of the challenges that they have and that has kind of motivated me to do so as well and motivated me to get out of bed and uh, do these simple tasks to make me feel better about myself. Um, and like I said, I've also gotten close with a few of my high school teachers um, who have constantly had my back through literally every situation you could think of, like I had already mentioned. And, you know, like when I thought I was useless, you know, these people like show me the reason why I'm useful and capable. And this is kind of one of the main reasons I have a passion to become a teacher, because I want my students to leave my classroom feeling good about themselves like my teachers made me feel. And I think that that's a big part of who I am is trying to help others like people help me and supporting others like people support me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big, big aspect for sure. Yeah. And there's that whole concept of like being who you needed when you were younger. And I think that's so true because you had those people in your life that you looked up to and that actually helped you. So you want to do the same for others, which is amazing. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, like, especially with my teachers, like, I always look at certain teachers and be like, their life is perfect, like, they're a teacher, they have no struggles, but then once I really got to know a few of my teachers really closely, they opened up to me about a lot of the struggles that they were going through, and they were super real with me, which I really appreciated, and I looked, and I was like, wow, like, every single person struggles, every single person has a mountain they need to climb, and that's also what motivated me to be real with everybody about my feelings and about my struggles and what I'm going through. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And especially as kids, we look up to teachers or just anybody in a position of authority and think that they have it all together. But once we actually get to that stage, I think we look back and we're like, hey, like, like you said, everybody has that mountain to climb. And whether it's a facade that they're putting up or we just don't really realize what goes on behind closed doors, I think that's a really eye-opening experience for us. Yeah, exactly. So have you made any changes to your own life, like internally or externally, that are aligned with your movement of empowerment? Okay, so um, for those who you know follow my movement of empowerment Instagram page, you would know that I spend a lot of time talking about the importance of self-care. So something that I have changed is the amount of time I spend on self-care. Um, because when I was younger, I you know used to just kind of live my life and I didn't really realize that I really wasn't spending a lot of time doing things that I enjoyed doing. It was mainly work or schoolwork or household chores and I wasn't really spending time on things that I enjoy. So now I definitely made that change in my life and I always have a to-do list on hand of things that I need to get done, whether that's, you know, household chores, schoolwork, my work schedule, etc. But instead of only having, you know, my household chores and my schoolwork on my to-do list, I actually have different things that I need to do for self-care. For example, like if I wanted to play guitar for a little bit, or if I wanted to read a book, go for a walk, that you will find that on my to-do list because then that visualizes for me that my well-being and my mental health and the amount of time that I spend on self-care is just as valid, if not more valid and important than my household chores and my schoolwork that needs to get done. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so that's definitely probably one of the main things that I've changed for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. And like you said, like actually writing that out physically, it makes it a priority. And I saw on Instagram the other day too, something about like 
the way that we view rest as a society is like as if it's a reward rather than a need. And that's so true because like self-care, like rest, we do it like if we have time, it's like an out there thing. Like if we get X, Y, Z done, then we can actually read a book or go for a walk or take a nap. But I think we are so consumed by like all those things that need to get done that if we're tired, we don't acknowledge that. We don't let ourselves feel that because we know we need to get all these other things done before we actually give ourselves what we truly need, which is bizarre. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think like a lot of the time, like I also um, was talking to someone the other day and we were talking about how a lot of people don't realize that they need to spend time for themselves until it's like a bad day or until something bad happens. Mm -hmm. But like people don't realize that self-care is necessary like every day, whether it's a good or bad day, taking care of yourself and being there for yourself, being kind to yourself is a necessity 24 seven. It's not mm -hmm. something that should just be happening on your bad days. It's something that we need on our good days and bad days so that our bad days aren't as bad as they are right now. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think just like when people hear the term self-care, everybody's mind goes like, you know, skincare or this like yeah. bath with a bottle of wine. Um, but there are so many other things within that. Like it could be literally taking a shower. It could be getting out of bed. It could be getting changed. It could be doing laundry. And this could, again, look different every single day, depending on how you're feeling. And just doing something that makes you feel good or that's like necessary for your well-being like sometimes I know laundry can seem like a chore but there's also like a huge benefit to that for our well-being because we're taking care of ourselves and we're doing what needs to get done like for ourselves um so I think just like switching the way that we see that and making sure like you said that we are carving time out of our day for self-care whatever that means to us yeah and like I've had a actually like message me or just talk to me in person about like what is self-care and I said it's whatever you make it to be self-care is not like pretty much you said it correctly it's not just skincare face masks having a bath like it it can literally be anything anything that you enjoy doing like for example me I sing and play guitar playing guitar for 30 minutes can honestly help me rewind and recharge and regroup mm -hmm. so much just within those 30 minutes and then I can kind of bounce back to whatever I was doing but maybe playing guitar like that won't be a form of self-care for everyone it's only for me so everyone needs to kind of find their form and definition of self-care yeah exactly and that just highlights how like individualistic and subjective it is because I mean the term is self-care like it's self it's you exactly. it's not a general term it's not what society deems is self-care it's whatever makes exactly. you feel good and at the end of the day you're the only person who's gonna know what truly resets you that rewinds you mm -hmm. so I guess yeah. like one tip that I would give is to just like look inwards and pay attention to what you're doing when you're doing it and Again, this is going to look different every day. Like sometimes a book is going to be my form of self-care where other times I actually need to work out and get up and get moving. Exactly. So just being like super aware of what's going on in your mind and body and being intentional about your form of self-care for that day. For sure. Mm -hmm. Do you have any tips from your end on that? Like, have you found anything based on like a specific day? What works for you? Yeah, I think... Um... Like, some days, honestly, like, some days when I'm just not really feeling great and it's just not a great day, sometimes I just have to coach myself to get out of bed. And, 
that is my form of self-care because I'll get out of bed and I'll be like, hey, look, I did it. I got out of bed and I feel a lot better just from making that one little movement. But then other days I will feel like I need to read a book or like you said, I need to get moving. Like it all depends on the day and how I'm feeling on a good day might be different on a bad day might be different. Like it really all depends on how I'm feeling and you know, my mood that day Uh, can be as simple as getting out of bed, playing guitar, reading a book. Like it's so different every single day. And you know, some days I have to do more than one of those to reach like my form of self care. Like, and it also depends on, you know, my mood on how long I take to, do something that I enjoy. Some days I may feel like I need to do more. Some days I may feel like I need to do less. So it really all depends. And it's so, so different for everyone. Like you had already mentioned. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And self-awareness is, I think, becoming more and more of a topic that just like taking a few seconds out of your day to just check in with yourself and acknowledge what your mind, body and soul like truly need is so, so important. Yeah. And like, um, you know, especially on my days that I'm not feeling great and even on my days that I am feeling great, I actually, like, I will look at myself in the mirror or look at a picture of myself or something and I'll tell myself, like, three reasons why I'm proud of myself or even just three affirmations that I'm going to go with throughout the day just to kind of start off the day right um, and to feel good about myself. And like I said, I do this even when I'm feeling great in the morning, I still do it because it makes my day better and there's no harm in it and taking five seconds out of my day to tell myself reasons why I'm proud of myself. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think especially given your mental health background, um, to actually be able to take time out of your day to acknowledge how proud you are, because I think you do have a bit of that trauma that you carry um, with that verbal abuse for you to actually like verbally out loud now say, this is why I'm proud of myself, or this is my goal for the day is so, so important. So good for you. Thank you. So I know you, like myself, are also a big promoter of the phrase, there is always a light at the end of the tunnel. And it's one of the first things that we actually connected about a few months ago. (laughs) Um, So can you tell us a bit more about your journey towards finding your light specifically and maybe just what the phrase means to you as well? Yeah, for sure. So I think that, like I have mentioned, that so every situation that occurs in your life, you may not deserve for that to happen to you. A hundred percent, like, I don't think I deserve to be treated the way I did as a kid. But looking back now, it truly made me so much stronger and developed, like, a huge emotional intelligence that I would not have had without it. And I think that that's, like, a big aspect of finding, you know, your light at the end of the tunnel is because, yes, so many bad things may happen or so many life experiences and bumps along the road but I think in the end every experience creates who you are as a person and I'll actually use an example that was pretty recent and something I don't talk about very often um but it was back in April of this year so literally just a few months ago and it was our third lockdown when I found out like we weren't going back to school like for grade 12 we weren't really gonna have a graduation and everything was kind of all over the place Um, I was actually like at my lowest point ever since I was nine years old. Like I've never really felt this low before. Um, it was hard for me to get out of bed. It was hard for me. Like I was either sleeping so much, like too much, or I wasn't sleeping enough. Like I wasn't eating. Um, like, you know, it was hard for me to go to work, do my just 
these simple tasks, it was a very big struggle. And I was kind of telling everyone, like, you know, I'm fine, I'm good, I'm doing well. And because I'm so open about my emotions and my feelings, everyone believed me that I was doing well because I normally don't lie about stuff like that. Normally, if I say I'm doing well, I'm doing well. Um, so this was kind of my tunnel. It was, uh, and it was a dark one. It was a very dark tunnel, and I didn't really think that there was light at the end of it. Um, and then I struggled with um, depressive thoughts for approximately a month and a half, which felt like a lot longer. And um, I think, honestly, the key to finding my light was validation. Um, and I'll explain why. I woke up one day, and I'm not really sure what clicked. I'm not really sure if I had a dream, not really sure what happened there. But I woke up one day, and I was like, no, this is not how I want to live my life anymore. I'm not happy. I, I need to do more with my life and with my time. And I realized that like the reason why I think I was so upset was because I really wasn't letting myself feel anything. I wasn't letting myself be upset about the third lockdown. I wasn't letting myself be upset about not seeing my friends. And I wasn't validating my feelings because I kept telling people that I was fine, which made me believe I was fine when I wasn't. So that morning that I woke up, um, I realized I was like, no, like I'm feeling this way. What are we going to do to change it? Which is when I truly started my to-do list and making my self-care time and self-care activities a priority is when I started giving myself a round of applause for getting out of bed, giving myself credit for these small little tasks that used to be so easy for me but ended up being really difficult. I gave myself a pat on the back. I said good job. I went over things that I did that day that I was proud of myself for. And I think just that validation was seriously the key to finding my light because it was so recent and nobody really knew about it. Everyone just thought that I was fine. I was still posting on my Instagram page. But in reality, I wasn't. Mm -hmm. And I think like it's really important for me to share that because people thought that I was doing really well. But in reality, that wasn't the case. And I did end up finding my light, though, which was validation. Like That's seriously kind of what saved me there. Well, thank you for sharing that. I know you said that it's something that you hadn't really talked about. So I appreciate you being open about that. And I think it's something that a lot of people kind of went through throughout the pandemic because there was just so much uncertainty. And I feel like a lot of people struggled with that validation because of like what I just said, that a lot of people were going through it. So kind of people might have hesitated and were like, well, what makes my feelings more valid than somebody else's? Or we're all going through it. So what does it matter? And one, that's just completely false. But Two, I think actually acknowledging that validation piece and making sure that you understood why you were feeling the way that you were feeling and just actually being open with yourself and honest with yourself is such like it seems so simple, but it's not, especially when you're in that depressive headspace, which is something that I can really relate to. Um, it's not simple at all. And these thoughts and feelings just overwhelm you completely. And it's so hard to get out of your own head and to even see that light, to look into the future, because in that moment, all you can see is that little dark tunnel, that dark headspace. So actually being able to understand what you needed, which was validation, is incredibly important. So wrapping up today's episode, um, if there was one message that you wanted everyone to take away from this episode, what would it be? Oh, um, 
I would probably say something I always tell myself is you can't be everybody's cup of tea, which means like you can't, you cannot please everybody. As much as we wish we could, there will always be people who disagree with our decisions or judge us based on our decisions or based on our background, which is not fair to us, but that is what it is. And that being said, if there are always people who judge you, no matter if you're happy or not, why not make your environment and your life suit you? Don't create your life for others because this life is yours to live and no one can live it better than you. Wow, I like that a lot. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a great reminder because I think that anxiety and that fear of judgment that so many of us carry, and I know you addressed at the beginning of this conversation today, is just like with actually starting your page and worrying about what other people were going to think and say about you is so common. And I mean, it's something I experience. It's something a lot of people experience and I hate it. Um, Cause I think just like society makes us feel like we need to do certain things and say certain things in order to please other people. But when we're pleasing other people, we're not really honoring ourselves, which is something that one of my inspirations, Glennon Doyle talks about a lot. So that's something that I've really tried to incorporate in my own life as well as just honoring what I need to do for myself and trying not to worry about what other people are going to think or say. Yeah, I yeah, I completely 100% agree and like like I said you can't please everyone and it does suck that there are so many people who judge others based on, you know, their background, their history, their decisions, etc. That's why I said like if there's always going to be someone who judges you no matter what, why not just live your life for you? Because that's honestly all you can do. If you're constantly living your life for other people, you're going to see yourself living a sad life. Like you're honestly not going to be happy. And I think a big aspect of that is when you say yes to others, I recently made a post about this. When you say yes to others, make sure you're not saying no to yourself. Mm -hmm. Make sure you're not constantly putting yourself last and make sure that you are doing what's best for you always because sometimes, you know, you have to be your own superhero. You have to be your own best friend and you're the one that's closest to yourself. So I think you have to make that count. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's like a TikTok sound that says like, you're the only person who goes to sleep with yourself every night, who wakes up with you every night. So why are we so consumed by just the fear of what other people think of us? And it's so true. So Thank you for sharing that. I think that little reminder of just saying that like you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea is really helpful, especially in those really stressful and fearful situations. For sure. Um, Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to speak with me. Um, I really enjoyed this conversation. I think you are very wise beyond your years and you have like an amazing message to spread. I know you're super passionate about this, so your platform's only going to continue to grow and you're just going to continue to keep helping people. So keep doing what you're doing. And I really, really appreciate you having this conversation with me today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I was so happy to be here and to share my story with you and to have this conversation. It was really, really great to speak with you for sure. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you. And I'll definitely link your Instagram handle in the episode notes of this episode. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much. (laughs) No worries. Have a good day. You too. (laughs) Bye. Bye. I just wanted to give a huge shout out to Abby for being so vulnerable and open about her mental health and some of the trauma that she's experienced. 
I think as mental health is becoming more and more talked about and we hear more of these stories, we think it's easy for people to share these things, but it's really, really not. Um, it takes so much courage and strength to even acknowledge it yourself, let alone share it with the world on whatever platform you have. So if you in your personal life see somebody sharing their story or putting themselves out there, please do everything you can to support them because it is such a vulnerable topic that a lot of people unfortunately don't understand or don't even try to understand. And in order to break the stigma that is still so prominent in our society today, it's so important that we actually acknowledge these people for speaking up about their struggles and to tell them that we're proud of them and just to reassure them that what they're doing is making a huge difference for other people. So thank you very much, Abby. I highly encourage everybody to go follow her Instagram page right now. It's at Movement of Empowerment, which is also in the episode notes down below. I love her page. I think she posts a lot of great information, but then also just like posts of hope and inspiration. So it's a great balance of both and definitely has a positive impact on my scrolling feed, which I do a lot of. And I hope you can just take some time to reflect on our conversation today because I feel like Abby gave a lot of great advice and just pieces of wisdom that my goal is you can carry out into the world in your own life and apply some of those, whether they're internal thoughts and perspectives or external behaviors about how you treat other people, whatever it is. So if there was one thing that stood out to you in this episode, please send me a message. I'd love to know what it was. And maybe I can have Abby back on in the future and we can dive more into that one piece of advice or whatever you enjoyed most out of today's episode. I also just wanted to take a second to let all my listeners know that I am starting school next week. I start my master's in counseling psychology, which I'm super excited about because I've wanted to be a certified counselor for a very long time, so I'm very excited now that I get to start this journey and begin learning about how I can use my passion for helping people with their mental health into actual practice. So with that being said, honestly, when I started this podcast, I never intended it to be a weekly thing because I knew I was already working a lot and I kind of just did it without even knowing what like the planning or any of the logic was behind it. So it's definitely been a lot of work over these past few months. Uh, I mean, I've definitely skipped a few weeks, but doing it weekly is a lot of work. So to everybody who does this full time, big shout out to you. That's crazy. Um, so yeah, I definitely will be taking a break from releasing podcast episodes for a little while. I'm not sure how demanding my school schedule is going to be, so I just need to take some time and focus on that. Um, but I will still definitely be active on my Revolutionized Mind Instagram page, and my goal is to still release a few episodes here and there throughout the semester. It just definitely will not be weekly but hopefully as I take some time to figure out how to prioritize all my deadlines and stuff, I will have a better idea of where I can fit my podcast into that schedule with also still taking some time for me and making sure that I'm not overworking myself, which I tend to do quite often. But to everybody who has listened, I mean, every time I get like one play on an episode, I am shocked that people take time out of their day to even listen to me and my guests talk. And 
I sometimes get very overworked by the numbers and I'm like hard on myself that I'm not getting these millions of downloads. But over the last week, I've really tried to like remind myself that this isn't a full-time job. It's, I mean, I work two jobs, I have school, soccer and everything. So for me to fit this in and like I said, just to have one person listen is incredible and to have more than one, it's amazing. So I am so incredibly thankful for all the support that I've received from everybody listening who just follows my Instagram, whatever it is. Thank you so much for allowing me to use this platform, to use my voice and to spread these messages. And as well to all my guests who are filled with amazing knowledge and stories, I wouldn't have seen any of the success without your willingness to open up, be vulnerable and have some conversations with me on this platform. So anyway, this is getting really like, it's not a goodbye. Holy, <laughs> like <laughs> the podcast is not done. I will just be taking a bit of time to focus on school, but you're not done with me yet. And please stay tuned on my Instagram for any updates about future episodes. If you're not following me, my Instagram is at the revolutionized mind. And I'm also trying to be more active on TikTok. So if you would like to follow me there, it is also at the revolutionized mind. I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend and good luck to everybody else who's starting school as well. It's a very hectic time, so I wish you all the best and remember to take some time for yourself as well. I'll be back in a little bit. Bye for now.